Hey everyone, PJ here, and this is Daily Podcast number 7. Uh, let me go ahead and read for you all uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to take a moment and briefly reflect on this psalm with you. As I was reflecting on this just in recent days, it's been blessing me in a new way, encouraging me in, in ways that it, it hasn't before. First, I think the great reminder here is that God is the one who is actively and diligently shepherding us. He's the one making me lie down in green pastures. He's the one leading me beside the waters. He's the one restoring my soul. He's the one leading me in paths of righteousness. And it even says that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's not that I have to always strive to follow goodness and mercy, but goodness and mercy shall follow me. Wow, that's a, that's a tremendous reassurance to remember that God's goodness and His mercy are following us, are always with us. But what stood out to me the most this time around is this conclusion to the psalm where it says, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that made me think, wow, the Bible actually promises that there's actually going to be a house where we will be, quote-unquote, quarantined in forever. And yet it would feel to us not like, not like something we're confined to, but something grand enough, it's big enough, it's actually a whole city where we will enjoy the dwelling place of God and of one another. There's no lacking, there's no deprivation, there's no confinement, no cabin fever, but a true sense of being home. You know, as much as we love our homes, uh, and we like to say home sweet home, it's interesting how in recent days, at least for me, there are moments I just feel very uneasy being home. I feel uneasy because I'm not with my friends, I'm not with my brothers and sisters, I'm not with my community, I'm not in the city, I'm not with interacting with my neighbors, I'm not in my church. I don't feel like I'm fully home even as I'm home. And I think that's because the Bible tells us time and time again that our true home and our true country is not here. 
It's not on this side of heaven, it's on, on the other side. And I think this is consistent with what Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless we are heading towards the house that God is building for us, our Creator and our Maker, uh, we will never find rest. Uh, we will always be restless and, in a sense, homeless. And so for us, our hope is in this, in having an answer to the question that Tolstoy asked so profoundly. The question, is there any meaning in my life that the inevitable death awaiting me cannot destroy? Is there any meaning in my life that the inevitable death awaiting me cannot and does not destroy? I think even as Christians, sometimes we forget that because of sin and because of the brokenness of Adam in all of us, all of humanity, that death is an inevitable reality. And to wrap our minds around that, to come to grips with that, uh, is only bleak, it's only pessimistic if we don't turn to the hope and the glorious answer we have in the resurrection uh, that's given to us through Jesus Christ, who himself rose from the grave and defeated sin and death. But for us to avoid uh, this inevitable reality of death, and let's say we were to shelter our children from that reality, uh, that would be not only naive and idealistic, but also irresponsible in a sense. Uh, we're not equipping them for what's really out there, what's really awaiting them. And I think something like COVID-19, what it does is it really shatters the illusion that we have control over this inevitability. It, it shatters our own sense of control um, that we had over our own lives, our own health, our own uh, vocational, relational, uh, material way of life. It, it detaches us from that sense of control and that can cause us to grieve. That can, that can cause us to feel a very profound sense of despair when that first hits us. But I think what it can also do is turn our focus to our true hope and the true comfort in life. It, it turns our attention away from the things that really weren't meant to give us this support, give us this comfort and, and the meaning in life that will stand firm and answer Tolstoy's question. It points our attention to, then, God's answer given to us uh, in the scriptures. And here it is. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and that's the valley we're in right now. Again, uh, something like COVID-19 only, only highlights it for us, but we've been walking through this valley all our lives. But even though I walk through such a valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. For you are with me. And we see that the Messiah that David hoped in comes later on in the person of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, 
who himself walks through our valley of the shadow of death. He suffers the sting of death. And he rises again on the third day. And that shows us what? To him belongs salvation. Salvation belongs to him. He has the answer to Tolstoy's question. In him resides the meaning that not even death can destroy. Because he destroyed death. And so, David goes on to say in, in Psalm 23, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's a celebration, there's a uh, reason to eat and drink and feast in the presence, not in the absence, but in the presence of my enemies, my ultimate enemies, sin and death. And, and the, the greatest representation of this table, enjoyment of this table, is our communion. When we partake in the body of Christ and the, and the blood of Christ, in, in the spiritual sense, to remember that Christ has defeated our enemies. And we, we eat and we drink that in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of sin and death and sickness and disease. We celebrate. We celebrate what Christ has done and won for us. So let's hold on to this hope together. And let's do this. Let's do what the Apostle Paul encourages us to do in 1 Thessalonians 4. He says, if you do believe in this resurrection life, then don't grieve as the world does. Instead, as you hold on to this hope, encourage one another. Encourage one another. You know, I see uh, as, as a lot of people share things on, on Facebook and on social media, uh, just trying to raise awareness sometimes, but also sometimes there, I see people venting in anger about how people are behaving irresponsibly or selfishly or this and that. And I think there's room for holding those people accountable, and they are. But I think I, what I also see is a natural part of our grieving process where there is first the denial that we really don't have control over other people's behavior, do we? And then there's the anger, which is the second stage. right? Um, so... A lot of denial, a lot of anger, um, and the other stages of denial as well. But what we don't see very often is encouragement. People trying to encourage one another during this season to love their neighbors, to be generous with one another, to look to God, to hope in Him, and share the gospel uh, that has a true answer to our deepest need especially in a time like this. And I hope that as Christians, we will be able to do that. We'll be able to provide that hope, provide that encouragement to our brothers and sisters and also to our neighbors. Um, it's been so good to see uh, quite a few of you beginning to share your personal devotional and prayer with one another, uh, people with, especially people in your community group. Uh, please continue to do that. If you haven't done that, I want to encourage you to do that. It's, it's such a blessing to be able to be generous, to, to be able to share with others what God is blessing you with. Uh, it's also a sign of your maturing in your own faith when you're able to share your faith with others. Um, so I want to encourage you to do that. Just uh, step out in faith and share how God is blessing you with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Encourage them because uh, 
you're, we're called to encourage one another, especially during a time like this. We need one another's voices. Uh, we need one another's thoughts. We need one another's prayers. Um, and just that, that longing to be with one another again. We need that so much right now. So please continue to share. And let's also continue to pray without ceasing. I'm sure that uh, this is a season where a lot of us are beginning to pray more than usual, and that's good. Uh, the Thomas Watson uh, quote, um, that which makes us pray more works for good. I think that's very true. Uh, that which makes us pray more works for good. Um, God does work all things for the good of those who trust in Him, with those who love Him. And one of the ways that He brings that about is through prayer. As we rely on Him more, as we depend on Him more, He reveals more of Himself and His goodness to us. So continue to pray. Um, and if you need a refresher on prayer, uh, listen to our previous episodes on how to pray and uh, get into that posture of praying according to the way that Jesus taught us to pray. And lean into the kingdom of God, to seeking the will of God, to seeking contentment in our daily bread, um, to being gracious with one another by receiving His grace, and praying for protection and deliverance from the evil one, and ultimately trusting in our God who is fully in control of His kingdom, and will fully reveal to us His glory, and will ultimately bring us to his home where we will find our rest. I look forward to seeing you guys tonight at the community group. Please do join us and um, looking forward to seeing your faces and hearing your voices. And if you have a friend you'd like to invite, please do so. Uh, this is open to our friends and our neighbors who need encouragement during this time. So uh, share that invitation with them, and I look forward to seeing you all then.